let's talk about it, man. Kind of a, a hometown show at the Karma Bar. Head PE going to be rocking the house on Friday, June 29th. And kind of curious from your perspective, I was thinking about a hometown show. Does that make it more relaxing like old friends or does that make the pressure a little bit more because you do have some old friends there? Which way does it well, kind of swing for you? You know, I'm going to be honest, right, because um, so we've been like, I've been doing it, the head PE thing for 20 years. And, um, and, and that means like, that's when I took off and went around nationally and around, you know, the globe and then, you know, met my wife in Idaho and been living in Idaho for 10 years, but my family still lives in Southern Cali. So the hometown show is not exactly what it, what it's, what it sounds like for me because it's been so long, but it still does have that feel once I'm up there rocking Southern Cali because that's just where it all started. And, you know, that's just the old stomping grounds and the old, like, the old muse and the old, you know, um, fuel for uh, for all of it. So it's always nice. Once I'm up there uh, jamming, it really brings it all home for me. Yeah, it's got to be surreal, like you said, 20 years later, and, man, still doing it and still doing it in the same neck of the woods and, and that's got to be a cool feeling all, all in itself. Yeah, I feel lucky. I've seen him come and go. And, you know, um, I, I feel blessed to still be able to rock out all these years later. So many things have changed. I mean, geez. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. As a cat who started putting out records in the uh, in the 90s, and now it's almost 2020, it's just um, amazing. Yeah, I wanted to kind of go back and, and talk a little old school with you. The first time I ever remember hearing the name Head P was in the same breath of hearing this other new band at the time, Corn. And you guys kind of came up together back in the day. And talk about when you first, uh, you know, when, where, how, why you first discovered Corn and, and started hanging out with those guys. Yeah, you know, I'm going to say not so much that we came up together, but we came he came out after that. I would even say that because I went to see Corn before they were signed in Huntington Beach a few times, and uh, it really just made me rethink everything, you know, about <laughs> heavy metal. But, you know, um, it was truly inspirational for me, and um, I would imagine that that's one of the reasons I even got my first contract because they blew up. Uh, so big, um, I think that all the record companies were searching in that area, and um, so, you know, uh, soon after they were huge, um, that's when we were getting signed. So, um, that was cool, though. Uh, it was cool because, um, you know, I, my, my old guitar player from the 90s would tell me, you have to come see this band Corn and this band of Deftones. And at the time, this band, Shrinky Dinks, which changed their name to um, Sugar Ray. <laughs> and then um, 311 came, came through. So at the, in, the, in the 90s, like, those were all the bands that I was, like, seeing and, and um, uh, really in, uh, not, you know, influenced by and just uh, inspired by. And the guys you kind of grew up watching in the clubs, yeah. Makes perfect sense. And, you know, one other old band uh, that I wanted to hit you up about, and you even had him guest on a, on a tune on Feel Good back in the day, but talking about Surge and System of a Down. How'd you oh, hook up geez, with those guys? Yeah. Well, you know, again, like, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I know 
we toured with System, you know, quite a few times in the beginning, played some shows with them in Hollywood, um, and uh, became quite friendly with them uh, back in the day. Yeah, so uh, that was pretty much how that happened, just like that. during the time when we collapsed like that, uh, we were pretty tight, you know. Um, it becomes a kind of a... Once you kind of breach the gauntlet and you're a signed band, you're on Ozfest with a million other bands, it's, it becomes kind of a club, you know? Yeah. But like those bands you mentioned, they went on to make like become like rock gods. Me, I'm still toiling it out in the clubs, but I still feel really lucky <laughs> you know, <laughs> to even be asked about you know, System or Corn. It's like asking fighters about Conor McGregor, you know? It's like... You're in the UFC, but you're not Conor McGregor, dude. Well, yeah, I mean, that's like the upper 1%, but... <laughs> exactly, bro. And that was... you. you kind of good, though. You kind of touched on it, too. Wanted to go back to... Uh, you'd mentioned OzFest 99 and kind of wanted to think back, because we're out here in the IE, you know, Glen Helen, right where all the action happens, and kind of curious if, when you think back to OzFest 99, any any memories from that tour, from the well, San Bernardino you know, show? Some of it's a blur. Sorry, sorry for interrupting, bro. Nah, no problem. Some of it's a, some of it's a blur, yeah. Because um, <laughs> it was back in the real crazy, like, rock and roll days for me. Um, I do remember waking up one time to the sounds of Slipknot. That was their first tour and kind of just looking out the bus window and being able to see them on stage and going, Jesus Christ, <laughs> what, the, what the heck is that, you know? Um I know it's a family show, but, um, <laughs> and, uh, and then I actually do remember that, uh, Inland Empire show. I actually remember that show because it, that for sure was like, you know, coming home, like feeling like a bit like a hometown hero, um, you know, left, got signed on the Ozfest. Now I'm in, in you know, Back in, in the Riverside area. or whatever, that was a that's a huge memory for me. You know, Ozfest was just kind of huge. You know, all over the we did some in, in Europe too and played for like fifty thousand people with Pantera and all that. So a lot of memories there for sure. One other uh, IE show I wanted to hit you up about that I remember having a blast at back in the day, back on the Jaeger tour, right after um, uh, Blackout came out on the Jaeger tour playing Gotham in San Bernardino. Is that one ring Yeah, yeah, that was great, dude. Um, well, you know what? We came up with a huge uh, crowd in that area before we got signed even, you know? We'd play up at the farm. Do you remember that place? The barn? The far Was it the barn? The barn, yeah. yeah. I'm calling it the farm. The <laughs> barn. Yeah. Dude, yeah, like, you know, we used to, like, sell that place out before we even signed a record deal. So um, we always had a lot of love out there. I remember a lot of uh, crazy nights in Riverside, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, going back to those early days, I know I'm a little bit soon, but about a year and a half away, <laughs> the, the 20th anniversary of Broke, would you ever do one of those anniversary tours like people are doing and going out and playing the album in its entirety? Well, um, you know, if I'm honest, right, 
if it was like if it was like a, a bigger record, then I would more be likely to entertain that. If there's money on the table to do it, I'm fine <laughs> to do it. Is what I'm saying. It's okay. not something that's going to like fulfill me on an artistic level, you know. Um, to be honest, okay, because I'm just always just like on the newest thing or whatever, trying to trying to get my, and my I'm always enjoying a, a vibe that's not what it was 20 years ago mostly but for myself that makes sense so yeah you know I'm not that nostalgic although I, I definitely when we're playing the show I play so much stuff from that record like of course that record gets the most tracks played from it right of course so um but I wouldn't never say never right like but I, I just, it, there would have to be some money on the table for something like that. <laughs> well, looking looking forward a little bit, I mean, forever uh, about to be two years old. Are we thinking about new music at all? Yeah, yeah. We're just getting ready to sign a new record deal, and I've got like half the album done, and I'm really excited. Any kind um, of vibe going on that you can tell us? Any Any kind of, any direction, so to speak? Yeah, you know, I'd say that this record... Forever was based on a lot of uh, dance hall, Jamaican dance hall rhythms, but and then metal on top of that. Very cool. And this one's this one is more um, uh, has a, a rhythmic foundation of like trap music and um, reggae and metal on top of that. Nice. <laughs> but um, and then there's there's just like some straight up punk songs for sure on this record. Of course. But besides that, we're blending, like, roots rock and metal and a little, like, trap uh, beats and metal on this new one. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, that's what right, you've always dude. done. You've always blended all kind of different, you know, music styles. It's never been one thing. It's true. It's true, bro. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, it's just, you know, it represents just my, uh, how I feel about music, right? Just that's where my vibe is coming from, from a few different places. So it's a little bit of a nightmare from a, a music management industry <laughs> standpoint. Right. But uh, it's well, all good. Yeah, they always want to try to put you in some little box, but you never fit into a box. Right. They want you to kind of not, not, not sound the same, but at least like keep things, you know, in the same lane. And I understand why, and I, I don't blame them for that either. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how it all works. That's how the industry is set up, you know, that way. But wanted to uh, wanted to talk about a couple little things in the in the news with you, so to speak. And uh, Slayer calling it a career. How how do you feel about that, man? They're they're done after thirty. Was it thirty six years and calling it a career? And what are your thoughts? Well, I think you're more inclined to do that when you're sitting on like a mountain of cash or whatever. <laughs> You know, um, it, uh, I don't think they would be saying that if the mountain was more of a plateau or something, you know. So that's my first thought when I hear that. Okay. All right. Um, uh, Are you a so, fan yeah. at all of and, the Slayer? If, if I was sitting on like, if I was sitting on a billion dollars, though, or even, let's say even, let's be more reasonable. Let's say 20 million. Um I would still go and write music and still go and tour and put my family on the bus and go do it because it's just my passion. 
I would, I would do it until the wheels fall off. <laughs> until you physically cannot do it anymore. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we never have to like worry I about a, a dog. <laughs> I have a puppy dog. She's her name's Rita. She's a um, silky terrier. She's fifteen. I bought her for my wife when she, my wife was nineteen, and she's really at the end of her life cycle. You know, but uh. Uh, it, it, our our discussion made me think about it. But you know what? I mean, she sleeps a lot, and she's real stiff, and it's hard for her to get around. But you know what? You still look at her, and she still has those moments of just pure enjoyment when she's in the sun, you know, walking around, you know, sniffing the, the, the front lawn or whatever. That's the way it is. You know, I think about music. It's like whatever. It's like you said, as long as you can get up and do it. Look at B.B. King, right? Yeah. He just did it until he, until he was dead. <laughs> Motorhead. Look yeah. at Lemmy, same Lemmy, thing. Exactly. The other, uh, so we don't ever have to worry about the the head P final tour ever, world tour ever. That's we're never going to get that. No, no, not for me. That's that's incomprehensible <laughs> for me because it just seems like it's just a part of my whole existence. Let me. Get I'm not saying I couldn't exist without it. Right. I'm saying if I have a choice, then I will do it. Absolutely. You have to do it. It's in your soul. Right, right. Why not? Let me uh, let me get your opinion on, on one other thing that I really don't quite know how to feel. And I'm sure it's about a, a, a band that you probably have uh, toured with in the past, but still kind of trying to process it. And the news came out what last week about the return of As I Lay Dying. You remember those guys? Yeah, yeah. Um and then the uh, singer. What do you mean? How I feel about it? Well, the singer went to prison for hiring a cop to kill his wife. Went to prison for a couple years for that, and now they've kind of they've gotten back together and they're doing music again. And I don't know. I guess everyone. As dude, it, that just tells you how much of a rock, a big of a rock I live under. Because, <laughs> um, uh, dude, that is a great story. When I hear that story, it just makes me think of like reality television and like uh, Teen Moms or something. Like, it's just beyond. I don't know, dude. It's a sign of the times for me. Um, Because I could see, like, them being more popular because of that story, Um, you know? Yeah. People wanting to go because of that story even more than the music. Although the music is great. So, you know, I don't know how to feel about that. That's crazy. That's great, though, I guess. That's a great story, like, to hear on, like, TMZ or something. Yeah, but uh, it's got me really confused. I was a fan of the band back in the day, but then after that, it kind of changed my feelings on the guy, and even the band was kind of, like, you know, separated themselves from him and and both talked bad about each other in the media. The band goes on, starts a new band with the new singer, puts out two albums. Nothing really happens. He gets out of prison. (laughs) And then now they're back together. Okay. Well, I would think like some of the, you know, if you look at both sides, which is always good to do, the one side would say, Hey, he's paid his debt to society and, and everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Uh, you know, go with that one, and then it's all good if you're a fan. Be like, hey, I made mistakes too. Maybe not want anything like that, but you know. Because, <laughs> <laughs> dude, listen, I'm a huge fan of like The Sopranos, right? Like, 
everybody and John Gotti, like everybody loves like the Italian mafia crime series, like drama, all that. Right? It's like great. Like I love that. Yeah. And I also love like trap music, like because that to me is like you've got all these poverty-stricken people who are like have guns and selling drugs, and then write music about it. It's like I listen to that. To me, it's like watching The Sopranos, right? So I'm a fan of that. Um, so um, I don't know. Like that story of As I Lay Dying is almost. It's just you know reality. Like so, so every so many people, someone's going to be a little more fucked up. I mean, like look at like Chris Cornell or Chester who took right. their own lives. Right. You know, like. Um, and then what are you going to do? Be like, I can't listen to their music because of that. Or, I don't know. It's like hit, like even more controversial. Like Hitler was a painter. Are you allowed to like his paintings even though he was a monster? You know? Right. Yeah. It kind of asked that whole question. <laughs> I mean, like Roman Polanski, the director, you know? Right. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I'm still like on the fence about it. Like you said, I, there is that, that side of it. Hey, he did. He did do his time and he paid his debt to society but at the same time i don't know just seems a little bit weird just trying to get get a musician's perspective on that i'm still kind of rattling around within in my head man but uh jared has been a dude check this out mike z if he would have done like some hate crime shit you know like then i think it would be like if there'd be no we wouldn't even have this discussion, right? Like, he'd be done. Right. But for some reason, like, this crime of passion may be a little bit, you know, why people are going, you know, oh, I can see myself do that. (laughs) You know, I have some friends that it doesn't even, you know, they're not even batting an eye at it. They're like, yeah, what's the big deal? But he did his jail time, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to support that band. Like, I feel bad for the guys in the band. You know, they had nothing to do with it, but... Mm, wow. Crazy. Crazy. That's a good one. It's a, it is a tough one. I don't think it's open and shut. No. Either way. Hey, one last question for you. One thing I always bitch about on the radio, and I think we're close to the same age-ish, but I miss the days of movie soundtracks. Back in the day when, when they would have those killer movie soundtracks and sometimes a band would write a song specifically for a movie and then the video would combine it all. Like The, the perfect example I would think of is like Terminator 2, like Guns N' Roses. Like You can't think about that movie or hear Guns N' Roses without thinking about the movie and just kind of curious if you've been on any movie soundtracks from back in the day. Any of your music, or if you had a movie soundtrack back in the day, used to wear out. Well, I grew up listening to movie soundtracks like Star Wars and uh, Superman or whatever. Right. And um, you know, we were on like uh, Million Miles to Las Vegas, a Kevin Costner movie. Okay. Some other movie as well, a comedy had bartender in it. Um, but it is the name escapes me, and then we were in like Dracula 2000, and then the Strange, uh, what was the Strange Land movie with Gene, uh, the guy from Twisted Sister. Oh, but, okay. And I'm sure there's D. a Snyder. couple others that I'm failing to mention, right? Because at one time when we were on the majors, they were definitely uh, licensing out our music to their sister. Um, film company right um uh so there's some out there that i probably forget 
You know, uh, as a as a side story, you know, I have my ten year old boy, huge Stranger Things fan, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then from that soundtrack, like my kids rock in the Clash because that 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 show takes place in the eighties, right? So he's like a huge The Clash fan, listening to the listening to Queen all the time. So you know, soundtracks still carry a lot of weight, you know, if they're if they're executed properly. Yeah, they're kind of coming back in that that retro form. Although I wish it would kind of go back to the, you know, where it was new music specifically made for a movie. Like Lincoln Park was doing that. I think like Lincoln Park and Transformers did that back in the day. I kind of right, feel like that was like, right. I remember that. That was cool too. Yeah, that was like kind of like the last one. But one thing I always kind of wish Hollywood would get back to such good synergy. It's like peanut butter and jelly coming together, music and movies, and I think they could both oh, use yeah, each other. Dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the good soundtrack is a huge part to a good film. None back in the day for you, like the Crow soundtrack or anything you used to wear out? Judgment oh, Night well, soundtrack? You know, um, probably Purple Rain. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was a killer one, too, man. I love Prince, and, and what a tragic story that is. <laughs> I could say something even more corny, like Grease. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as long as it's Grease 1, oh, not Grease know, 2. I, but for sure, like, I was like, because, uh, you know, I was like uh, a teenager or, what, you know, uh, 10 years old or something. Star Wars was a huge soundtrack to me. Yeah, the, the orchestral, like, John Williams yeah, score. Yeah, of course, yeah. Or Indiana Jones, too. That was, like, another one that had, like, a big movie score. Like, you knew that theme song immediately. That's probably John Williams again. Yeah. yeah. Same type of deal. Well, Jared, man, it's been a, been a blast rapping with you. Dude, thank you so much. Can't thank you enough.